Welcome to the podcast Kenya. We are your hosts, Andy Davies, Clear Earnshaw and Leon Weche. We are here to discuss all things training, nutrition, health and mindset. We aim to share knowledge through our own experiences and by interviewing local and international experts in their field. Our goal is to provide education and empowerment. We hope you enjoy the show. In today's episode of the podcast, we welcome Stephanie Mwara, a very well-known and much-loved online trainer and personal trainer here in Nairobi, who specializes in pre- and postpartum training. Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I've been loving your podcast, so glad to be here. Oh, that's that's so nice to hear. And we really wanted to, you know, in this season, we're interviewing lots of Kenya's sort of top health and fitness professionals. And I mean, we've we've known each other. Well, you and Leon know each other. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Where did you guys meet? When was it? That's a very good question. Yeah. I'm sure it's at the gym, though, because I can only see the gym. I don't know if it... It Where must to... be in the gym in Karen. It's at, Karen, yeah. um, Karen Shopping Center. Trojan, oh my god. That's where Leon's Trojan. met like half, half the world in Trojan. Anyone who tells me gym is either Trojan or because I used to do like I'd go for sessions with Winnie at CrossFit Quetu, so it's either Trojan or CrossFit. I think it's Trojan as I did an article for Healthy Woman magazine and I featured Trojan once. Oh wow! Yeah, that oh, my that's yeah. Good. Um, that wow. I think is twenty. Gosh, 20, thirteen. Thirteen, yes. Thirteen. Like, okay, our age is showing. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I competed two years after that, twenty fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, that's the time you were prepping and you were oh, talking a lot about amazing. nutrition, and I featured your gym. You yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then, yes. yeah, that's it. I just started with nutrition there before becoming uh, now the trainer there <laughs> amazing yes <laughs> gosh yes. interesting well and that's I, a long time yeah, I, yeah know. I, don't, I don't i don't think any of us were very active on instagram <laughs> very, yeah. i wasn't on instagram let yeah. me start there i wasn't on instagram until 2015 2016 yeah because yeah, it's clear who showed me your page and uh, that's why i was like it's familiar <laughs> but, it's like i know that lady yeah, 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 I, I was, looks familiar. she's like do you know stuff i'm like familiar but yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. You couldn't place it. Yeah. At the time, I was also not. I was not a personal trainer at the time. Oh. So I was. I met many, many of my trainer networks at through the magazine. Oh yeah. Okay. Through Healthy Woman magazine because I had an article that I used to call the Gym Tracker mm. that did a feature on different gyms where I'd visit and um, just sample or experience the yeah. gym and then review it. For the clients to go and experience or pay for it because yeah. people didn't know about we didn't have instagram where you could yeah. ask someone yeah, what teams are in current so yeah, you couldn't send them let me send you a few pages no it was literal pages literal pages yeah. you know on uh, print yes yeah, it nice. had to be on print and it was one gym a month so i did wow i did i think almost 30 gyms wow. and that's where i met almost all the trainers that i know from then oh, that's nice. where it started and and we built relationships when we got on Instagram. Now we see each other more often, but on screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, crazy. Well, yeah. I guess that that's a nice opening for how how did you get into yeah. fitness? What what sort of sparked that passion for you? My answer to that question is always that fitness chose me. I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't sit down and say I want to be a fitness coach. No. Mm. I am those kids who are sporty. I was a sporty kid. I was in. Uh, athletics. I played every game except basketball, despite my height. I didn't play basketball, but I played soccer, volleyball. Mm. I ran all the athletics. You can imagine I did all the field events. I was one stop of Central Province in Javelin, I think, for oh, nice. Yeah. So I did all that. Then when I, but the main sport that I was in was swimming. Yeah. So I was a yeah. swimmer. I've been a swimmer since I was one. And my first competition, I was not yet three years old. I was shy of three years old. Oh my gosh. What a baby. Yeah, so I competed up to, how old was I? I think around 24, 25. 
Then I took a break, um, just because, I mean, at the time, the master swimming in Kenya wasn't very established. So during the time when I was swimming in university, I left the swimming team, Mm -hmm. but the university offered me a coaching position as soon as I was done with my course. So they were like, instead of leaving, you know, just you've, you've graduated and you've gone, why don't you coach the team? For another one year for in preparation for the east african games and then you oh, we nice. can release you and so i went back and uh during my four years of being captain in when i was studying we were fighting for access to the gym for sports teams <laughs> we were insisting you know guys need to train they need strength that time strength training was not even known like yeah. what, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah so we're trying to argue with the research we are doing and finding swimmers in australia which is mm. a big a country that is big on swimming, swimming yeah. use the gym, you know, to strengthen specific muscles. So we need access. And the sports director just wasn't having it. But he approved it as soon as I graduated. Wow. And I was like, okay, the team I'm coaching will benefit. So I would accompany them to the gym. Yeah. So in a random aerobic session, somebody asked me, are you a trainer? I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. And it's like, I think you should be one because you're really good at this aerobic state. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and with the course I had done, uh, hospitality and tourism, I was sure after internship, I would never work in the I was sure it is not my thing. I was yeah. like, I love cooking. Yeah. If you go to my Instagram, there's lots of food. I'm, I'm a trained chef. Mm. I love cooking, but I will never do it for, for money because I was like, I can't change bed sheets every day. <laughs> Yeah. That is difficult yeah. for me to do. So yeah. when somebody asks, do you want, why don't you become a trainer? I thought, well, I don't know many trainers, so let me do some research. And that's it. And that's exactly what happened. So I looked for a fitness school, went back to school as soon as I was done with the coaching work. Mm. Um, went to school for another year. And then got my first gym job in 2012. I only stayed nine months because I got pregnant and then I had to leave. Because I, I could see the environment for a lady trainer. Mm. The hours are a bit steep. For somebody who's pregnant or has a small baby, it would not work. Yeah. So as soon as I got, as I learned I'm pregnant, I just quit. So I only did, that's the only full-time gym job I have ever done. Um, that was 2012. Yeah, and that, that is it. So 2013, went out on my own, became a writer for Healthy Woman Magazine, the fitness writer. Mm. And then from there, I started everything and anything, personal training, group classes. I had been trained in Zumba, so I do Zumba classes here and there. I was still coaching in swimming. But my pregnancy is what sorry, challenged me to get into pre and postpartum because mm-hmm. there was no knowledge yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So I was still training as usual. I mean, I had been in the gym space already for um, two years. And now I was pregnant. I didn't think I needed to stop training because, I mean, what would I do with the rest of my day? I was used to training every day. So I'd find myself in a gym and everybody is just, you know, their jaws are dropping. Like, what are you doing here? Why are you? Yeah. One lady actually asked me, do you have a lesser and a lesser plate? I'm like, uh, no, why? She's like, the way you're moving, the baby might come here in the gym. I told her, listen. <laughs> From what I see online and in the West, People train when they are pregnant until the day before the baby comes. So why mm. is it not the case here? So that's it. And the magazine then after that allowed me to have an article for prenatal and pre and postpartum, but mostly prenatal fitness. Mm. Yeah. So I thank the editor. The editor allowed me, even the gym tracker article was me, me mm. saying, can we do a feature on gyms? I, I think we have really good gyms in Kenya. But yeah, people true. don't know about them. So yeah. she allowed that. And then when she learned I was pregnant, she's like, we need to put out something about fitness during pregnancy. So if you go back to, if you can find any copy of 2013 Healthy Woman mm-hmm. Magazines, I'm there with my big belly exercising mm-hmm. and showing people that it can be done. Yeah. So I was my own personal example. And, mm-hmm. and then from there, I think it just grew organically. So between 2013 and now, which is nine years, well, I think I've, I've gone back to class twice. I'm still in the um, course of finishing my uh, Girls Gone Strong pre- and postpartum coaching because I, I, I just have just struggled doing it through pregnancy and postpartum again mm-hmm. the second time. But that's it. That's For me, I think it's just, as I was about to say, it chose me. I didn't choose. I didn't sit and say, 
this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it naturally comes to me. I absolutely love it. I enjoy training uh, clients. I enjoy training myself. Of course, some days are nasty and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why did I choose this thing again? But when I look at the impact it has had on my life and on the life of the people I coach, I'm, I'm happy to wake up every day at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Oh, yes. yeah. Well, that's interesting. I was also in swimming. I'm surprised we, maybe we did cross paths. Um, in the same industry. Yeah, because I think we're about the same age. Swimming, um, hospitality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I also, similar, I, so I swam a lot competitively for a bit. But it's also, mm-hmm. it's one of those things that if you're swimming competitively, it is hard. Um, oh. Like the, the training, the dedication, you know, I guess yeah. any elite sport that you're going to do, that is your life. Yeah. So, you know, kind of yes. when you reach like the age that you reach, you're in your early 20s, you've got to decide like, Am I going to pursue this, you know, or am I going to, you know, you know find other it. avenues? Yeah. And I think, like, you were a real pioneer, especially for women. Um, yeah. Because, like, yeah, like you say, back in 2012, I was probably scared then to even touch weights. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, women were running away from the, the yeah, weight section. Yeah. There's a gym that I walked into and one guy told me, he, as I was doing the article, and he showed me around and told me, Okay, this is the aerobic studio. This is where people do stretches and mobility. And I'm like, and what's in that room? And he's like, no, that that's the weight section. That's for the men. I was so offended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean it's for men? And he's like, eh, women don't need weights. Excuse me, sir. Do not ever tell a lady what she needs and what she doesn't need. Yeah. Let her see the facility. Yeah. Expose her to everything. But assuming that all of us want to do Zumba and aerobics, I trained, in, I coached people in Zumba. And at some point I felt like I had reached the maximum of where I could go with Zumba for yeah. my clients. Yeah. And that's when I deliberately moved to strength and conditioning. Mm. Because yeah. I was like, yes, Zumba is nice, but it's not giving them what they're looking for. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. That. So there was that <laughs> assumption. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I was just looking for because i know i saved one of the because you guys came to trojan twice and there, yes. was, there was that article smart He's women lift weights how have you had that absolutely oh my gosh yeah, I was leon featured. keeps everything he's a squirrel <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh I, I love it because i have a box of every copy of the magazine yeah I have uh, a box. you can't see it but it's that copy that one i can that's <laughs> The musician on yes. the cover, what's her yes. name? Uh, was it? Mercy. Mercy Myra, is it? Mercy Myra. Yeah, so... I that... loved that. that <laughs> there are certain copies I have that I would yeah. never give. Like, even if we didn't have extras, I never give. No, yeah. And those are the ones that I was allowed to write articles that I felt spoke to. Yeah. The needs that we have. Yeah, yeah. I wish the magazine was still there now because now we are more... Yeah, true. Uh, receptive yeah. to this kind of conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so true, and I mean that that's such a great you know resource to have had back then. Because like you say, Instagram. I can't even remember when Instagram started, but you know there was yeah no other way to really see the gyms. But I think like having that women's perspective as well is so important, yes. and even more interesting. Like you said, when you first got pregnant. And everyone was probably like, what is she still doing training? Yeah. And exactly. I mean, my mom kept asking, you're, you're still going to the gym today? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, even the day before the baby came, I remember I had false labor. And the nurse told me, go keep yourself busy, please, because it's not your time. <laughs> yeah. But it might be tomorrow. What did I do? I went for a four and a half kilometer walk. Yeah. <laughs> because that to me was how to keep busy. Yeah. Like, what am I saying? When you tell me keep busy, I cleaned the house in the morning. Yeah, like, like what more can I do? Yeah. <laughs> so I went for a four and a half kilometer walk. I was exhausted. And the baby came the day after. Even with this last one, I trained the day before. I was actually on like, like this with a trainer who was yeah. handling a session I couldn't handle because she I don't train yoga. So I told her, take me through it yeah. as a dry run just to be sure you'll be confident as you do the session. Mm. That was the last session I did. The next morning, it was a different story. Maybe so I here. can actually speak on the benefit, like from myself. And I think that's what sometimes our clients are looking for. Of course, we can't experience everything. But I have had, I have had the privilege to go through it and speak from both uh, experience and expertise. Mm. So going back to class, then these things start to make sense. 
um, and, 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 and then I'm able to then guide my clients the right way. Yeah, and I think we need that, you know, not just in in Kenya, but I think worldwide there is still so mm-hmm. much misinformation about pre and postpartum training. Oh yeah, so so much, and you know, women who, you know, who want to stay active, but you know, they're just scared too, and you know, they're yes. you know they're scared to, they don't know where to start, start, or they're worried that they'll somehow hurt themselves or the baby, and there's just. Yeah, I mean, as always, Instagram is a, you know, a double-edged sword. You can find, like, really great, you know, pages, you know, like yours, where you get great info on, like, how to train. Um, But then there's also such rubbish out there. (laughs) It's not surprising. There's too much information. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit too much. (laughs) And so, I mean, that's why I did the the pre- and postnatal course, because I was like, it's so important as a trainer to, you know, to, to understand that, because... You know, it your training is going to change. You know, pre and postpartum. You know, and yes. it's important to understand that because you could, you could put your client at risk if you don't know. Um, yes, absolutely. And, or you might make them like really scared. You know, if perhaps they were like running before, and like you can still run during parts of your pregnancy. But if you didn't know, you'd be like, no, 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 don't do anything. Like let's, let's you know, let's uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. like, when you were pregnant, did you do your pre and postnatal training after that, um, or when did you kind of get into that pre and postnatal training? Um, so, soon? when I was pregnant with my first, I have two children. My first one was born in twenty thirteen. The other one is twenty twenty one. I have an eight year gap in between. <laughs> um, so, twenty thirteen, I had just done the fitness course on its own, mm. and I had done a personal training course, yeah. which if you've seen all, most of our courses have a very small section oh, yeah. for yeah. pre and postpartum <laughs> as the special populations. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's a very small and it has more disclaimers than, you know, things that you can do. There's more contraindications than what you can and actually what, yeah. do for your client. So I felt the need to, you know, go back to class. Before, I don't even think girls gone strong Okay, it may have been there, maybe wrong, I'm not sure. But I didn't mm. know about it. I don't yeah. think it was there at the time. Or if it so. was there, I yeah. did not know about it. So I did not, at the time, specialize in pre and postpartum. Mm-hmm. I was mostly training women who wanted strength training, conditioning, and uh, fat loss. I was still incorporating swimming in my, in my training sessions for clients who wanted swimming to be incorporated. Um, at the time, we were doing a lot of boot camps and stuff like that with mm. my colleagues at the time. So we, I was not, I had not niched out. Mm-hmm. I used to get those clients a lot, yes. But I hadn't niched and said, okay, that's my main focus. No, mm. I hadn't. I think the fitness industry was still young at the time, and Leon can attest to that. At the yeah. time, I mean, we were still convincing people why they need to go to the gym. They're like, oh, yeah. I'm not fat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fat. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sick. Yeah, like, I, I don't want big... Yeah, it's I don't want big muscles. That was the argument every time. Yeah, because women, women just did cardio. They was because exactly. I I know that was the time Aerobics. when um, you were like, yes. okay, we can do strength training, and it's like uh, a lot of women would have that. Uh, it's like the the next step would be like, but I don't want muscles like yours or other men. And yes, I don't want to look like a man. Yeah, Even no. in twenty twenty two, people are still <laughs> saying I don't want to look like a man. Yeah. So at the time, I don't think any of us could have niched out specifically because the market was still growing. Yeah. We were doing everything. We were meeting in Karen for a boot camp Good and camp, then in Karura. Yeah. Then suddenly we are doing yoga. All of us, you know, just because yeah, that's what, that is what mm-hmm. grew the industry at the time. Mm-hmm. So at around maybe, let me say 2016, 17, then I, I realized that uh, I've just looked at my Instagram archives and Five years ago today, 2017, 7th of June, I posted my first ever bumpy fitness or bumpy walk fitness event. Wow. That's <laughs> nice. a... So as I was wow. waiting for you guys to get back on, I was like, well, okay, let me just keep this. And I went to my archives because I was trying to remember when did I do the first event? And it was 2017. Nice, in, nice. I think it was, I, I had two. I think I did one in May or April. I think yeah. I had one in April didn't happen because of the weather it was raining i think 
But it caught the attention of the likes of BBC because they were curious to come and see what are you doing with pregnant women? Yeah. With pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So it caught quite a bit of traction. That was the first time I ever did a deliberately, you know, deliberately did an event for pregnant women. So then from there, I think the events have, they took time to pick and until mm. I reached a point and I said, I won't do them anymore and unless I have a request from a group that yeah. is organized already. Because you'd find there are very many expectant moms who would like to come, but everybody has a certain fear. Mm-hmm. Like, is it safe? I mean, my second trimester, is it safe? Oh, I've lost a baby before. Is working out going to, you know, there's that anxiety if you've lost a pregnancy mm-hmm. or a baby. Anything makes you anxious. So fitness is not, it's not anything you want to do at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then others would want to come, but they want, you know, assurance that um, it will be safe, they'll be fine, nothing will happen, it will be too intense, will I get too tired? Yeah. Uh, will it really help me? Then there's also a misconception about what results you'll get out of training while pregnant. Mm-hmm. I addressed one last week on my Instagram where everybody thinks that as soon as you work out during pregnancy, you will deliver vaginally, you know, it's a natural delivery, you will not end up in theater because you exercise. Yeah. So I had to clear that and say, because I got people asking with my second one, I ended up uh, in an emergency cesarean section. Um, so some people actually wrote to me when I shared my CS story last year. And they were like, you trained so much and then you went for a CS. I'm like, uh, yeah, it was not a choice. If you don't sit down and say, okay, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what you want. And then there's what happens on the ground. Like that is the literal place to give an example. Qua ground, we can different. You might have this idea of how you will have your photos of you and the baby the first moments, and you have pulled out your hair right here. So it's not as ideal as we think it is, as we see on the movies. So there's a, there was a lot of fear at the time mm. when I did the first event. So I did not again niche out fully. I still continued with my personal training. But when I got pregnant with my second born, um, it was during the COVID time. Mm. And I think, I keep saying if you came out of COVID the same way, you need to go back. You, you cannot have come out the same way. We were stretched beyond what we thought we could stretch to. Yeah. And we had to really think out, especially for us who are used to everything was done with you and the client facing each other like this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, now you can't you can't even come close one point five meters to them, and even be in a space where you are touching this, they are touching that. You're sneezing, you're sweating. It can't happen. Yeah. So we had to go back and think. So while I was home, I moved on to um, virtual training with all my clients. I transitioned all my clients because there was a lot of fear, and they didn't want to stop training. I needed the work anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we continued, and then. I got pregnant. Then when I got pregnant, I realized this is a good time then to make use of myself as an example, because I know the benefit and Mm -hmm. share. I didn't share my full journey because it was a very difficult pregnancy. Mm -hmm. But at the time when I could, so towards the second, around halfway through the second trimester and the third one, I was on TV with my big belly um, talking about exercise. Yeah. I was on different people's YouTube channels just to bring some knowledge towards uh, pregnancy fitness and to show that I'm able to do it. Yeah? Yeah. I may be fitter than many, but I am still a human being who is pregnant. That's yeah. a very different thing. So as a coach, yes, I'm pregnant, but I can still do this. This is what I'm capable of. This is how it has helped me. And then, of course, the recovery period, I shared mm-hmm. virtually everything. I took people through from the first day I left the hospital. I took them through my journey very realistically. I did not, you know, sometimes the assumption is the fitness of what people like to call Instagram trainers. Mm-hmm. You know, our photos are so edited and chiseled. The, the no. good days only. Yeah. 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 And, and, and somebody makes a joke and says that fitness coaches online have no clothes because yeah. most of our photos are shirtless yeah. and uh, very small bottoms, you know, the very tiny clothing. Yeah. So I took people through my journey, how I've gotten back home and I still look five months pregnant, like the first week. 
And the first month, this is how it looked. Mm. And the first two weeks, I have not done anything except walk the baby out for some sunshine. So then I guess then 2021 into 2022 has been the time when I have done the most work Mm -hmm. in terms of getting people to know this is exactly what I do. This is how I can help you. This is how you can benefit from it. Even if I don't coach you, just keep active and exercise for a healthy pregnancy. I'm also trying to get away from what people think we are selling fitness for, mm-hmm. you know, just hot bodies and, 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 and cool pictures, you know, telling people that there's a big, big benefit towards when you train, when you exercise, you have better sleep, you have yeah. better clarity of mind, you have better energy during the day, you know, we age better and stuff like that. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah so that so many people think exercise during pregnancy and postpartum is for bouncing back. I keep saying it's for helping you just get back to a normal like almost a normal life. It doesn't have to be about there's nothing really about snapping back. It's it's a misconception and it doesn't happen for everybody. Everybody is different. So I think that's the time I've done the most work. Twenty twenty, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Um so that's how it's been. They say it takes 20 years to become an overnight success. Yeah, it's taken me 10. Yeah. 10 years to be an overnight success. Because yeah. suddenly everyone is like, where have you been? I'm like, I've been right here. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Since 2015. Magazines. I've been, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been in the fitness field since 2012. Uh, professionally, I was in school since 2010. So I've been on the space you know, in the field for 12 years. But people only know about me now much now when when. It, Maybe Instagram is doing a lot more for us and be able to share a lot more content. Yeah. So that's how the journey has been. I, I keep being reminded that I, I did not come yesterday. I've been here a while. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it does. Yes, it yes, does. Yes. It does take time, and like it does. It does help. Like when you've niched, like now, you know, everyone. Everyone knows you. They're like, oh, Stephanie. Yes, pre and posting to fitness, and that really helps because I don't. There aren't that many coaches out here qualified yeah. pre and postnatal coaches and you know like you like you you said it's so important i think to walk the walk mm-hmm. um you oh, know yeah, you've absolutely. you've shown it like i i remember following along and like you said like the day after you yeah. gave birth i remember you coming out and i think that's so important for women to relate to and you know keeping it really real and i think like pre and postnatal fitness like it brings with it i think like all all the like bad stuff that you get anyway from fitness like with the bouncing back and just with even more misinformation than normal fitness for women um because i find just like just a second just no a worries. second i don't think i don't think you're recording oh yeah no no we had the audio sorry it's the video okay yeah. sorry i That's thought fine. you were just in case you we do all that and then you're like wait <laughs> No, 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 the, the, the audio is fine. Okay, yeah. good. You can continue. Yeah. No, 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 it's always good to check. You know, we always have it the same, like, multiple places. Like, with this power okay. and internet, you're like, save yeah. it wherever yeah. you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Yeah, you're talking about the snapping back. That's, I think, one of my biggest, like, pet peeves. And especially yeah. from seeing, you know, fitness influencers have, have a baby... And then the next day they've released their sort of pre and postnatal program. You're like, you know, you, you, you had an uncomplicated pregnancy, you know, and you, you you know, and then afterwards, you know, a lot of it's due to your genetics as well. It just, you know, some people do look like they haven't given birth or or they do get their, you know, their pre baby body back. But I think that is just such a huge, you know, not a lie, but it's just not realistic for the majority of women. And, you know, and that can, yeah, as the trainer, like when you first get a client, you're like, okay, we need to sit down and have a, a talk here. You know, just setting out realistic expectations for actually training during your pregnancy. Because I find like a lot of my clients are like, oh, I'm going to have such a fit pregnancy. I'm going to, you know, oh, I'm yeah. going to be tracking my <laughs> calories and macros trimester one can't stand anything but like you know potatoes and weetabix and you know no and energy for me. <laughs> I, eat crisps. I eat crisps and ketchup for my 
first nice. trimester this last pregnancy yeah, yeah. Wow. and chevra and chevda <laughs> for for weeks yeah like I, everything was stinking everything like that's all I, you wanted it wouldn't yeah that's all i wanted that's the only thing that could stay down wow so i had a season where my husband would leave the house and on his way to work passed by an indian shop in parkland it had to be that indian shop yeah. you know not just any yeah. and buy crisps enough to take me to days yeah. and have them in the car just in case just, it's traffic for yeah. this video. so i would oh, have nice. crisps in this bowl i even have it here this is the bowl i used to put so yeah. this bowl yeah. and fill it up put ketchup put chili and that's it have dinner i yeah. haven't had breakfast haven't had lunch so have good. that and go to bed wow and you know, and everyone's like, "Oh, but you're, you know, you're a fitness person. Yeah, Shouldn't you be the... eating healthy?" And you're oh, like, "Oh, I ate pizza pies." <laughs> you're like, "I'm God. pregnant still. It doesn't matter." <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm still. That's the thing that yeah. I also, I also like, like to to keep reminding people on, like, we are people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we are people first. Yeah. We are people who like cake. We are people who take soda. We mm. are people who sleep in on a day we should be working out it, we are the same oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just are a bit higher motivated and sometimes by our work yes, not necessarily indeed. by just you know it's not innate it's some days it's just me to get up because you have sessions to yeah exactly yeah so yeah. i don't know why yeah. we are on a pedestal the moment like every time i post something on instagram like i've had cake for breakfast there'll be somebody in my dm Steph, even new age cake, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I actually baked my way through fitness school. I baked muffins <laughs> to sell to get through fitness school. Yeah. So don't talk to me about cake. I had a baking business. Yeah, what I won't do is sit down and eat cake every day. Yeah, that yes. I won't do. And and I will I will have cake once in a while. It, it is not my go-to. I would rather have my oats because I know I benefit more from my oats than from the cake every yeah. day. But we are the same people. I don't know why they put us on a pedestal like up there. No, so why are you running marathons while you're pregnant? I'm like, I don't yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys crazy? <laughs> no, I did not run. I don't like running anymore. I ran so much in high school. I had enough. Yeah, I don't want to run yeah, so it's it's, it's so interesting. So I think like just seeing you going through that and like eating chips for your first trimester and then oh, you know, yeah. even more important, like coming back to training, I think so many women want to get like back to where they were like ASAP, you know, ready to start running. You're like, it's, you know, that first, you know, in those first few weeks, months, you know, you're doing a lot of, yes. you know, rehab work and... I mean, how, how was it for you? I mean, interesting that, you know, you had a vaginal birth and then you had a C-section. So yes. that must have been, yeah, I mean, two very different births there for you. Can you tell us a bit very about different, that? Very different. And somebody actually said something that I found interesting as a perspective. She said, now you have, you have moral authority on both fronts. And I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> now I do. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, a vaginal, I think the main, for me, the bottom line or the main difference between the two when it comes to um, getting back onto the fitness, um, you know, movement and, and being active as you recover from pregnancy, the difference is mainly the recovery. Mm -hmm. So the vaginal birth, you have a faster recovery and much less complications. You know, there are very many things you don't need to consider, like pain medication. The effects mm -hmm. of the anesthesia mm -hmm. um the the injection point of the spinal tap that is what gives a lot of women back pain mm -hmm. and especially if you were not active before pregnancy mm -hmm. so i think the recovery is what is the main difference mm -hmm. otherwise if women exercised for the sake of exercising whether pregnant or not we would all go through pregnancy and postpartum a lot easier mm -hmm. So many of us wait until, oh, I'm pregnant, then I DM Steph. Yeah. Okay, hi, Steph. Or I'm trying to conceive. So we have different groups. Yeah. The first group is, hi, my name is so-and-so. I'm trying to conceive. Do you have any workouts for conception? I'm like, uh, no. We don't <laughs> learn that in school. We want to conceive. <laughs> the best time to conceive is when you're at your fittest. That's the best time for any one of us, whether it's a man, for him to sire a baby or a lady to conceive, the best time is when you're at your fittest because that time your body is optimal. Everything mm -hmm. is functioning as it should. 
So that's the first group. Then the second group is a, a, um, a month or two pregnant. I am afraid, especially the younger generation, I am afraid of putting on too many kilos. I need to exercise. Yeah. And so I send them back to the guy now, the midwife, and I'm like, please get clearance. And uh, have you been exercising? High chances, no. no. So come with clearance. Let's meet at week 12 after the first scan. And we see how to go about it. And after that, probably they're not interested anymore. The first trimester has been so ghetto. Mm. You're like, this fitness can go away. I yeah. don't I don't need it. Yeah. Then there are many, or the most, or the majority of this group is the ones who've now had the baby, went through the pregnancy, didn't do much or mm. did not even try to do much during the pregnancy, weren't exercising before the pregnancy. But now they want to look like they never had a baby. Yeah. And that's on me. You know, like I want to look yeah. I want to go back to my pre baby weight, which is maybe size six and now you are a size sixteen. I'm yeah. like I am not a miracle worker. Like yeah. I can't eat. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's it's crazy that w- what you said, w- and it just makes me so sad that, you know, that the women are like, oh, I don't want to put on weight during my pregnancy. And you're like, yes, you have to. It's you're healthy. It is re- it's not only healthy, it is required. Yeah. Yeah. So in, my first, in my first trimester, I lost I lost nine kilos in my first trimester with this second pregnancy. Wow. Yeah. Every time I stepped on the scale and then went and sat down, the nurse would call me back, mm. come back, and I'd be told step on it again, and then I'm asked what is going on, yeah, and I'm like nothing is staying yeah. down, yeah. nothing. I'm trying, yeah. but nothing is staying down. So I had to go through so many tests in the first trimester. Mm. Every time they had to check my iron levels, especially yeah. iron. The, the midwife was convinced with the amount of throwing up I was doing. Mm. She's like, your iron and your zinc levels would be really low, yeah. Yeah. so we need to check that. So every time I went, I had an iron test as in blood glucose mm. but because i exercise and i eat a certain way everything yeah. was good yeah. so they're like okay it's only the weight so we'll just monitor so when we hit trimester two now they were on my neck we need mm. to put on weight yeah. we need to put on weight yeah we need to put on weight it's, stephanie i'm like needed <laughs> oh I'm, I'm i'm now able to exercise and eat let's go yeah. I'm, I'm ready for it mm. so i think that's so the difference i the, which was the question you asked the difference between mm-hmm. the two is a vaginal bath has a better recovery and a much faster one, mm-hmm. even if you had a, a tear or a episiotomy, which is mm-hmm. the cut that yeah. they give to allow the baby to pass. So if you had either uh, that vaginal still has a faster recovery than a cesarean section, mm-hmm. because the cesarean section, you went into the hospital okay, mm-hmm. expectant okay, oh, of course, but you are fine. Now you've left with a scar that you did not come with. Mm-hmm. Um, a scar that is seven layers deep, a scar that is not given time like a knee surgery, which is the comparison that is being used now. To recover, you don't go through any physiotherapy. You are True. sent home with yeah. a little person to take care of. To take care, yeah. So, yeah. True. So it's a very, I would say, the difference is in the recovery, and it can be an uphill task in getting back to regular, even things like mobility, just simple mm. mobility of getting out of the bed. Yeah. So the first two weeks are extremely difficult because just moving your legs to pick the baby and nurse the baby in the middle of the night, then your partner must wake up or whoever is helping you must wake up and do that for you. Mm. Because it's still very sore. You're on a lot of pain medication. You're on uh, other medication for preventing an infection. So you're on antibiotics. You are on um, medicine to ensure it doesn't mess up with your milk supply. Unlike somebody who had a vaginal delivery who's just said, oh, bye, yeah. and see you next time after yeah. two weeks so they they also monitor the blood flow like you so that you don't get any clot as a result of surgery mm-hmm. then there's the effect of the anesthesia on uh, different organs yeah. there's so much goes on i think the recovery is where the difference lies but i would say this for me now from a personal experience i was fit during my first pregnancy i was even fitter during my second mm-hmm. my recovery post cesarean section was much better than my vaginal delivery. So wow. exercise played mm-hmm. a very, very big role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was sick through most of it, 
But exercise was my lifeline. If I didn't exercise, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. Mm. Yeah. So I had to exercise so that I could sleep and eat and something. Eat, yeah. So I trained all through and I was also now more knowledgeable in strength training, in conditioning, in pelvic floor preparation, mm. in um, posture. I was very deliberate about my posture throughout the pregnancy. So this one, despite having had a cesarean section, week four, I was doing some rehabilitation exercises. Yeah. So it is a game changer. If you exercise and you don't have to, you know, do very elitist and extreme things, just be consistent twice a week for the nine months. The difference will be notable. The recovery, even for the clients I now train, the mm. recovery has been amazing. Yeah. Postpartum. And I keep saying that is where you get the benefits. The benefits mm-hmm. mostly come in postpartum. You might not feel it because you'll still waddle you know towards the end yeah you'll still think onions stink you'll still be tired you still have some back discomfort you still have some muscles on it those are all effects or symptoms of pregnancy but postpartum uh the weight that you put on um gets off much faster mm-hmm. your back so this back pain that people talk about as a result of childbirth some people are having back pain up to 25 years after i'm like 25 years yeah, that's, that's, Why? Too, that's too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's too long. So it means there's also now something, something you're not doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you got pregnant, yes, you had a baby, yes. But after that, what are you doing? Because you, you have something, there's something you can do to rectify that. So mm-hmm. there are many people who are doing nothing, but I can say for a fact, out of my own personal experience, and even those for, for the clients that I have trained, the effects or the benefits of exercise are mostly felt postpartum that the recovery is faster, you're able to get back to doing regular things. I mean, now my child is, I keep telling people I have a small baby and they're like, where? Mm-hmm. Where? How, how do you have a... I'm like, yeah, he's one year, two months. He still can't talk, he's still yeah. nursing. He's really, still really small, but mm-hmm. I'm able to do so much more now yeah. than I was with my first one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's, um, if you compare with, say, I'd say years back, it's, yeah. it's back then there were less cars, you know, not many women worked or women were not yes. allowed to work. So women were home doing, you know, housework. So that in itself is activity. So you're, you're always busy. Yeah. So you're, it's yes. like you say, yes. a walk or something, you're farming, you're doing this and that. So I guess in this day and age that would be the equivalent to exercise where yes you it's different whereby back then it was what women were considered to do you know cook work yeah it was a chauvinistic society so but in in that it helped women deliver uh, vaginally you know there were less cesareans as compared to now so i don't know if if that's something you think like do they relate or it's just different so for had, different people oh, the cesarean sections were much less because there wasn't enough research about them at the time and there was a lot of stigma around it mm. however there was a higher chance of of women delivering vaginally because of how active they were and a lot of them had very uncomplicated pregnancies i keep saying cesarean sections are a medical miracle Mm -hmm. because we are able to save very many mothers and very big babies because of these emergencies that are unforeseen like mine if it wasn't for the cesarean section i'd not be here or Mm -hmm. my baby wouldn't be here that's a reality we have to agree however at the time because of the the way the society was Mm -hmm. um, structured women were the ones doing everything in the home so cooking cleaning washing uh uh, clothes, washing the house, taking care of the babies, taking care of livestock, because yeah, the men would be out working. <laughs> mm-hmm. Farming, yeah. name it. Now, what has happened though, we are not doing all those things. We have now Time found a way to pay, pay people <laughs> to do it. So yeah. we have a mama fua or yeah. a washing machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a living nanny or a day bag who comes in and goes. And then you don't even have to cook. You can get a chef to come meal prep for you or you can eat out every day. The problem I have, and I think that is where we are losing it, is we are over-delegating everything to the level that we are delegating things that are good for you. Mm -hmm. So 
you can delegate. Like I, I am not a big fan of being blonde. That one I, I delegate. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, I hate washing clothes. Yeah. I hate ironing. I ironing them. I don't know why clothes need to be ironed every day. I would rather wear my fitness wear yeah. that is not ironed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> however, yeah. However, when it comes to doing small tasks in my home, decluttering, organizing the yeah. wardrobes, the, the the cupboards, that I can do by myself. I don't have to delegate everything. So what happens to many moms, and I've said this and I stand by it, many mothers are over-delegating, mm. even the things that benefit you. Taking the, the baby out to get some sunshine True. is beneficial to you, the mother, as well. Mm-hmm. Get out. Mm. Get out. Get off your the, the couch. It's a few steps. Go take the baby out. Get some vitamin D too. Come back. Yeah. If the nanny is doing the cooking, get up. Go pick your food. Serve yourself. Don't get food and then you ask, why did you put carrots? I don't like carrots. Get up. Just mm. get up. Go serve your food. So for me, like now, this having had a cesarean section, it's easy for people to treat you like an egg. Mm. And that's what happens to many of us. Because, yeah, oh, you know, she went through surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the baby. So they'll do for you everything. Everything. But I was very clear about the things I need done for me. Laundry. Um, ironing, of course. You wash the dishes. <laughs> yeah. Most of the cooking, but not all. Some days I want to cook myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe holding the baby for me to do something like take a shower. Yeah. But everything else I did okay, myself yeah. and cleaning the house. She she did because at that time your back can't handle uh, mm. lifting yeah. anything heavier than the baby's weight, which is around three kilos yeah. when that, they are born. Wow, it's yeah. that bad. Jeez. Yeah, it mm. is. When you have had a CS, you yeah. cannot lift anything heavier than the baby. So my baby was born at 3.7. Mm. I couldn't lift my kettlebell or my dumbbell mm. or my... Sometimes even the baby bath. You can't, you can't carry the water mm. to the bathroom to yeah. put for the baby. Mm. So you have to delegate that. However, somebody can put the bath water and then mm. I can wash the baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can wash the baby and then take the baby, dress them, change their diaper. And then you take, the, take away the water because I can't handle that. I can get up yeah. and get my food. Mm-hmm. You take numerous cups of tea or fluids when mm-hmm. you're nursing in the early days. You, you need that mm-hmm. because you get really dehydrated. I would get up and get my tea myself. Mm-hmm. So those steps, for us who are in the field, we know that those steps count for something. Mm-hmm. It may be 10 steps to the kitchen and 10 steps back. To, those are yeah. 20. Yeah. So if I'm taking... 10 cups a day, I've done 200 steps. Mm. It's better than nothing. But, yeah. It accounts for something at the end of the week. True, true. So I did that. I did that. I went, changed my baby's diaper. I never put the changing station in the living room. It was always in oh, the So you can, you can always go to it. <laughs> so that I can go there. Yeah. yeah. And a small baby has 10 to 15 diaper changes in a day. Right. So get up, go change the baby, come back. Get up, go change the baby, come back, go up, go get a glass of water, come back, get up, go get your food, come back, get up, go get some vitamin D. By the end of the day, you have moved mm-hmm. your legs. Yeah. So the back pain that people talk about because of the extended hours of sitting is reduced. The recovery or the mobilization of the connective tissue around the scar mm-hmm. is improved. So that scar is better. By the time I went for my two weeks check, the, the guy asked me, what have you been doing? I'm like, uh, nothing. nothing. <laughs> other, than, other than taking care of this, this uh, my CEO, and that's all I'm yeah. doing. <laughs> so she was very surprised at how well it had healed. Yeah. But it was as a result of doing those small things. So mm-hmm. I wish we would stop over-delegating. Delegate, that's fine. Delegate the, the big tasks yeah. and the repetitive ones, like like dishes you don't have to wash the dishes somebody else can handle that but what is yours to do like your food it also gives you that you know look because mothers are overfed oh my god (laughs) especially from the side i am from in kenya as soon as you have a baby your mother learns that you're home with a 20 liter jerry can of porridge (laughs) the fermented porridge because you need it for milk so this mother lands with this jerrican, your mother-in-law, same thing, and then your sisters and your cousins and your aunties. And even if they can't come, they send the porridge. Yeah. Everyone is just cooking porridge everywhere. Yeah. So you, if you're seated, yeah, and you're doing nothing, 
you're delegating diaper changes, serving food, taking your cup to the kitchen, and you're downing that problem. What do you think will happen? Yeah. <laughs> In three months, guys are like, are you still pregnant or did the baby come? Because they're not sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we are not moving. We are not moving enough and we are, we are being fed. Mm. But when you get up, you can go serve yourself and say, I have... Uh, I, I am not that hungry. Let me serve this and this and this. You have more control. So I wish we were more deliberate because it would make a world of difference. Yeah. A world of difference. Yeah. Well, I think there's also so much misinformation about nutrition pre and postnatal. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. prenatal, it's like, oh, you're eating for two. But actually, you don't have to eat like for two. I think, mm. you know, so many women, the first trimester can't keep things down, but then, you yes. know, second trimester appetite starts coming back. Um, but again, it's still like you're trying to make, you know, good decisions about your food, you know, to make sure yeah. that you are nourishing yourself and the, and the baby. And then afterwards, you know, I think, well, I guess women go both ways. Like some are like wanting to lose weight immediately and you're like well that's yeah. not good for you the baby or anybody yeah. you know you need to heal um and then i guess like other ones like you say are just getting overfed <laughs> so oh we are overfed every yeah. day even up to now like if i go for a function and somebody can say i have a baby who's nursing there'll be priority to me yeah, like, are you hungry do you need a <laughs> do you need something i'm like no i'm fine i have had what up i'll ask when i need it i'll come oh. <laughs> So it's, you know, it's just, I think it's great, you know, having, you know, you know, more, more coaches out there just, you know, giving information about, you know, what, you know, what, what's realistic as well, like, especially postpartum, like weight loss, um, because yes. that's, you know, like you say, everyone, all women want to sort of bounce back and it's, yeah. it's like, you know, just take, you know, take this time, like, especially if you're breastfeeding, I mean, that can yeah. use a lot of calorie, extra calories and, you know, it's, I always say to clients, it's like, it's not the, you know, the baby who's going to suffer. It, it, it's you because your body will do whatever it needs to get that nutrition to create breast milk. So if you were going into a deficit, you were just, you know, leeching your body of, yes, of, of nourishment. True. So it's, um, yeah. It's... And, and the demand, the demand keeps getting more. As the baby gets bigger, the demand on the body the mother is bigger so if you're not nourishing your body properly during the first six months your health will suffer yeah as the mother the baby will get everything yeah every time you go to clinic they'll add weight yeah. you know they're looking nice and chunky with big chicks you are suffering that's why many women struggle with osteoporosis osteoarthritis that mm. is what is happening because the Because we want to look like we never had kids. Yeah. And our postpartum body and our regular body is different. The, the, it just can never be the same. Yeah. You can only improve the one now that you now have. Yeah. You know, I can I can make my the one I have now 2.0 because after two children, yeah. it's not the same body that I had, you know, in 2012. It's a different body. How do I improve the one that I have now? So. Yeah. I think, I love yeah. that. but I think that's one thing women need to remember and be reminded. Like, you just carried a whole human. You, oh, you, yes. you can be kinder to yourself. You know, like you, you're expecting too much too soon, and you've, oh, you've yes. just, you've just made life. You know, there's, mm. there's that, and you've delivered it. And a whole, a whole citizen. Yeah. So I think also, I guess psychologically, women it, it should be kinder to each other and themselves, you know, internally and remember, I, 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 I just, like, it should be like, you smile, like, I just delivered a human, yeah. Exactly. Think about exactly. the postpartum, that, I think that would also help a lot of, because there's, I don't know, maybe it's pressure. I, yeah, there's pressure, so. I mean, it's so much pressure from all, all sorts of areas. Mm -hmm. Um, too much pressure. Yeah. Too much pressure. Yeah. Everybody, everybody is looking. People are very quick to ask if you're pregnant again, mm. and knowing full well you just had a baby. Mm. Um. So the which is quite offensive, and uh, it is. <laughs> so that puts a little pressure on the mother, and she's like, "Wait, do I look that big? Am yeah. I that fat? Am I that you know? Like, mm. did my body change so much?" Then there is also the pressure from, um partners and spouses mm -hmm. 
that one that one is very big that mm. one is very very big because it is people use it as a excuse for either falling out in a relationship so you'll find somebody will say after i had you know I've had three kids and, and it's not i've had we have had it's mm-hmm. the two of us we've had three kids yeah. but suddenly the way i look is my fault you know mm-hmm. i'm doing i have let myself go that's the easiest way to label that situation True. so people True. will say she's let herself go you know she after having three kids you should see how she looks now and i'm like well um i wish you had three kids and then we can have that conversation yeah, yeah. because it's not an easy thing to do so there's a lot of pressure yeah. um and then there's also the the internal pressure that mm-hmm. you have for the mother where she feels like i should and and, and especially if you have mothers around you who's one of the things that makes me a bit hesitant to share my full journey. I don't share everything all night because I have to remember I am a coach. Yeah. Yes, I'm a mother. I am, I am a coach. So what I'm sharing is coming from a very long journey of fitness. My prerequisite is very different. So a mother will not quote-unquote bounce back like I did mm-hmm. or look like I did after three months. So I don't share everything. Yeah. So there is that. If a mother has had a baby and friends around her, say Steph is her friend and Steph is a coach and Steph also had a baby and they're looking at look at Steph yeah, like, yeah. look at how she looks and our babies are the same thing yeah. so true, there's true. that internal pressure of somebody feeling like I should be able to have done this but one of the things one of my coaching is very keen on is compassion mm. yeah. I feel like the industry I mean or the, the niche that I have picked the pre and postpartum the journey is very exhausting mm. during pregnancy your body is changing, your feelings, your emotions, your, your eating habits. You sleep on one side for months. That's, that's very, I, 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 that, that is one thing no one talks about. Yeah. But how do, you, how do you go through it and, and just, you know, have compassion towards yourself that it's a season mm-hmm. and that it will come to an end? And don't be too hard on yourself that I should have done this, I should have done this other thing. So that even during postpartum, mm-hmm. a mother can have compassion towards herself and journey that period slowly and steadily. Start walking, do something, yeah. improve your nutrition. But during each season, focus on what is important. If it's the first six months, ensure the health of your baby is in check. Because that's a very paramount time. Mm-hmm. You're exclusively breastfeeding. The baby's health 100% depends on you, the mother. So your health is the determining factor. And mothers who had healthy pregnancies mm. uh, deliver healthier babies. Yeah. Mothers who are healthy during postpartum are, have children who are able to live and have better immunity and stuff like that. So there's so many things at stake. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, have compassion towards yourself and know that, okay, the season I'm going through is difficult, but the end goal is important. It's just a second. Someone's someone's awake. That's okay. Well, I think that's a really lovely place to end that. I think, you know, what you just said, like that compassion, knowing it's a season and and you know, just as much as it doesn't feel like perhaps you're doing all you can during the pregnancy or as much as you want yeah. to, it's still making a huge difference for, like you said, that recovery afterwards. Yeah. Um, but really enjoyed this, Steph. It was yeah. such a great conversation with you. And and I think one that, yeah, is so important here and building up the industry in, in Kenya and just bringing awareness to, you know, pre and postnatal fitness. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll put all your contacts in uh, on our various uh, platforms that we release the podcast so people can find you and work yeah. with you if they need to but um yeah thanks so much for coming on yeah thank you so much thanks for having me are we done with the questions i was looking at the questions that we had i think yeah i think we've we've gone through most of them um unless okay. there's any sort of we can Closing always words. do a part two. A part two, yeah. yeah. We are, we are always... I'd be happy to do a part two. Yeah, always... well, maybe we can go into detail on... on um... Yeah, yeah the on... training style. Yeah, the... exactly. Yes, we haven't yeah. even touched on that. There's oh, yeah, so much. Yeah, because I can see that's the one we've been touched on, uh, training and nutrition style and philosophy. 
There yeah. we go, part two there. Part two, because I think that, yeah, that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, yes, yeah. It, it truly yeah. is. But, uh, yeah, it's re- yeah, really great to connect with you, and um, hopefully we'll be, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Absolutely. I look forward to that. Thanks for having me. This was nice. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, oh, well, I hope you your little ones are all right. Oh, yeah. They're, <laughs> no, it's they're good. calling now. If, 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 if they need me, you know, they will knock on yeah. the call. <laughs> so, so. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thank you.